All right. So I want to talk to you today for a few minutes uh, about a thought the Lord gave me. And then we're going to finish up with the cardboard testimonies of what the Lord's done in our lives. You know, when you come into the kingdom, you're not supposed to stay the same. Okay? You're supposed to change. Every time Megan would get in trouble, she would say, I'm sorry. And I would say in my loving way, I don't want you to just look at me and tell me you're sorry. I want you to change your behavior. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's words of wisdom, probably from a 30-year-old at the time. I want you to change some things, and repentance is change. And so there's a reason that we all came into the kingdom and into the church and into organized religion, as some of them out there call it. You're in the big bad situation of organized religion today, sitting here, and there's people who say you don't need a church, you don't need a pastor, you don't need anything like that. Well, I beg to differ with them because God set it up like that. Amen? I mean, I wasn't always a pastor, so I had pastors in my life that, that helped me along and, and spoke into my life. So here we go. Uh, I'm gonna, you're going to say, what? who is that guy? There's only a couple people in here that know that guy. Uh, if you've been on YouTube or Facebook, some of you will know him. Amy and I know him very well. That's a good friend of ours named Ken Raggio. That's a good Italian name, R-A-G-G-I-O, Raggio. I don't know if that means ragman or what it means, but uh, and Sister Catherine, she's got some Italian in her. We met uh, Brother Raggio back in 1988, I believe it was, held a six-week revival for him and his family and church in Texas and became close friends. Um, his wife passed away about 18 years ago of cancer, and he is uh, still single. He has given his life to prophecy. Now, you'll find him on YouTube. You'll find him on uh, Facebook, and he talks about the end times. If you en enjoy learning about the end times, uh, there you go. But I'm going to tell you something. This guy is hard, okay? He doesn't cut any punches. He's, I call him acid. He's acid. But I want to put him up there today because I want to um, use a few of his quotes that I found. And uh, you'll, you'll see his personality in a minute. He is definitely cleric, okay? He said, easy believism is the religion of a divided heart. He wants to eat his cake and keep it too. Go to holy heaven clinging to an unholy world. That will not succeed. Love not the world. This is John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15, 16, and 17. John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Brothers and sisters, we have been called to be in this world, but not of this world. All right? You've heard me uh, probably talk and screech here the past few months about, it seems like everybody's going to heaven. Everybody is going to heaven. I mean, if you ask them, ain't nobody going to hell. If you ask them, they can, and, and listen, they can live however they want and still go to heaven. Did you, yeah? Does anybody know anybody like that? They can live exactly how they want and do exactly what they want, and they're still going to heaven. And you're trying to figure it out, and it's like, what in the world is going on here? So, what else does Brother Raggio have to say? He said, this generation has completely changed the definitions of right and wrong. 
That is the definition or definition of a reprobate mind or a reprobate society. Everything that used to be right is now wrong. And everything that used to be wrong is now right. It is heart-stopping to behold. But that is the consequence of great evils being tolerated and of God being driven out of his rightful place. Romans 1.28 says, Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Now some of you are saying, oh my God, we need to have this guy come preach here. Uh, you probably wouldn't last. You probably stay, after the first night or two, you probably stay home. Because he'll hurt your feelings. Because he just shoots you straight. God helped me to hold tenaciously to his holy way of thinking, believing, and living, even if everybody around me utterly hates and despises it. No compromises. Judgment day is coming. Judgment day is coming. It's, it's, it's coming. Every day we get closer to it, don't we? And here's one more. If all the hyper-grace preachers are telling the truth, then I only have one question. Who is going to hell? I told you he was hard. He wants to know who's going to hell here. According to them, there is virtually nothing you can do that constitutes apostasy. If you ever had any faith of any kind, you are unconditionally loved and eternally secure. So how does one actually go to hell? It seems, it would seem according to their teachings that it would be almost impossible to go to hell, even if you tried. It's an abominable gospel they preach because Ezekiel 18 verses 4 and verse 20 says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And we know that death is in hell. Amen? Okay, so enough of Brother Raggio. Isaiah 5, 14 says this, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. That's one of the saddest scriptures in the entire word is that hell has enlarged herself. Jesus said, if, if you're going to go to heaven, to, to paradise in righteousness, he said, straight is the way. And what else? Narrow is the way. And few there be that go in thereat. That's that good old King James Version. What that means is there's not many going to go on that straight and narrow road. But he said the road to destruction is wide and it's broad. And many are on the road to destruction. So guess what? You and I are in a minority in the world today. The church of the living God is a minority in the world because the scripture says, hell hath enlarged herself and has opened her mouth without measure. There will be a time when there will be billions and billions and billions of souls in hell. But there's also going to be a time where there's going to be billions and billions of souls in paradise and eternity in heaven. Amen. I want to go to heaven. That's why I've been in church for 40-some 40, 40 years, is I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be lost. I want to be, I want to be uh, free in my mind. I want to be free in my heart. I want to be able to go to sleep at night and not worry about, you know, are the police going to come arrest me in the middle of the night? If they ever do, they'll probably just billy club me because I don't get up very easy. But if you wax with the billy club, and I'll be up. Amen. So, what am, what am I trying to say today? I'm trying to say that uh, there's some things that we need to do as followers of the Lord. Sometimes God closes doors because it's time to move forward. He knows you won't move unless your circumstances force you. Trust the transition God's got you. Now, this, this statement right here has Tracy and Amy Zimmerman all over it. Now, I'm going to take that back. It's got more Tracy than Amy. 
Because when we went through our transition, my wife, the Lord gave her a dream. And in this dream that she had, the Lord started putting out everything that looked like it would happen, and I really just didn't pay any attention to her. And I'm sorry. But I'm learning to listen. See, if I learn to listen to you and Jesus, my life will be fine, won't it? Absolutely. So guys, keep that in mind. Listen to your wife and Jesus, and your wife your life I mean your life will be fine. Right? So but what happened was the Lord gave her this dream about three years before all the circumstances started piling up. But once the circumstances starting pile, started piling up, I realized that there is no way really out of this except that you're just going to have to jump off the cliff. Now, I don't like heights, okay? I don't like heights. I don't mind planes, that's fine. I don't mind planes. But I don't want to be on a, on a roof that's any more than 412 or 512. Brother Nathan had me up on a roof one time, and I had slick shoes on. I just about went to see my maker, and he grabbed me. Amen? Now, picture that. Big old me and, and skinny Nathan over there, and he's saving my life. See, that was good. That was good. I'd have probably ended, right in the pick, ended up in the pickup truck full of shingles. Amen? But I don't like heights. But sometimes you're going to have to do some uncomfortable things in your walk with the Lord that you really don't want to do. And you try to hold on to what you have, that security. But the Lord is saying, I, you know what, I've, I want you to move. And the only way I'm going to get you to move is I'm going to have to start changing some situations around you in order to make you uncomfortable. I remember going through that transition and all kinds of people, and they all told me the same story. They said, you know, when the eagle... Is, is time, it's time to get the eaglets out of the nest. She begins to destroy the nest, number one. She makes it very uncomfortable for them to stay home any longer. And then she grabs them by the, the, their the neck, the feathers, and she starts to fly with them, and then she drops them. And as these baby eaglets are, are getting dropped by their mother, they're thinking, what is, she's lost her mind. She's crazy. But what they don't realize is she is teaching them and training them how to fly because until they learn how to fly, she will swoop under right in the nick of time and, and get them back again up to the heights and drop them again until they learn how to fly. God is getting us ready to fly around here, amen? And God is getting ready for you to move into a different dimension than you've ever been in before, amen? I have been in this thing almost 41 years. Ginger is almost 41 years as well. I got the Holy Ghost two days before her. See? It wasn't because she loved the Lord. It's because she was mad. Okay. She was just jealous. She was eight years old. She's transitioned out of that. But I'm going to guarantee if I got something she wanted, she'd still be jealous. But anyway, it's all right. And we're glad Ginger's back from Maine. Amen. We're glad to have her back. Yes. Hope you had a good time, Ginger. A good time was had by all. And so, uh, in this 41 years, God has really maneuvered me through lots of things. And I never dreamed that my life would be like this. And I never dreamed that, and I've said this before, I never dreamed that every time we drove by this church to go to our other assignment that, we, that brought us here to Illinois in the first place, that we would one day pastor here. I never dreamed of that. All I, dreamed, all I saw when I drove by here was somebody needs to mow the grass because the grass was pretty tall. And then when they didn't mow the grass, I said, now they need to, I felt like my dad, now they need to bale it. And you got windrows. And so... That's all I thought about. But you see, God has plans beyond your plans. And God thinks beyond your thoughts and my thoughts. And God wants to do some great things in all of our lives. And so just trust him through this transition because God is going to do it. Amen? Amen. Exodus 14, 15. I'm finally to where I'm going to give you the title to this magnificent sermon today. 
Exodus 14, 15, King James. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Amen? The Lord said it's time to go forward. And that's what I want to talk about today. Moving forward. I want to talk about moving ahead today. I want to talk about leaving the place that you are and going to the place forward where God wants you to be. I may not be talking about a geographical move. Amen. Uh, most of you know the rules to geographical moves around here. Right? Geographical move. If you're going to do a geographical move from here, make sure that you go somewhere where you found, where you got a church to go to. That's the first thing. If you leave here and don't have a church to go to, I'm not blessing it. Because I'm telling you, the world will eat you up now. The world will eat you up. There is a spirit in the world. The Bible calls it, in the New Testament, they call it even the spirit of Antichrist, which is already in the world. So if the spirit of Antichrist was in the world 2,000 years ago, then how much more intensified has the spirit of Antichrist become in the hour that we live in? I don't know why God put me in Illinois. I thought she was from Texas. I told him, I said, no, I am not dating anybody else ever from Illinois. I, yes, I know that now. And I thought she was from Texas because everybody I talked to said she's from her brother's church up in Magnolia, Texas. And I didn't know where Magnolia, Texas was. And I'm sitting there talking to her and I'm looking into those dark brown eyes <sighs> I said so your family's from Texas oh no no oh. oh really where's your family from Illinois that was strike one and then I said okay then I got to the point what's your dad's name And this is what she said, cotton. And I'm thinking, who would name their kid cotton? What kind of family is this girl from? Wow. Apparently on the third pitch, she must have hit a home run because I've been with her for 36 years. So, I mean... There's something here, but I don't know why God put me in Illinois, but here I am. I'm on assignment, and he's given me the grace and mercy to live here, and I love it. I like it here. It's good. It's straight. It's flat. You know, we don't have much snow in the wintertime, and that was one of my situations I had to have. That's why I went to college in Houston, Texas, not because it's totally the will of God, but because it didn't snow in Houston. I was sick of the snow. You say, well, will God do things in your life? God will give you the desires of your heart. If you delight yourself in him, God will give you the desires of your heart. Amen? And so let's start to look about moving forward. God is not going to rewrite, rewrite the Bible for our generation. So let's stop trying to change the scriptures when it's written to change us. How about that? Now, isn't that awesome? I got to give credit where credit's due stinking Facebook okay that's where I saw that is Facebook now God's not going to read we want everybody we want all of the rules written down so we can live exactly how we want to live the world wants to live like they want to live they want to say and speak the words that they want to speak they want to go to the places that they want to go to whether it's right or wrong come on now somebody they want to if they if they're uh, Here's another thing. It's very interesting. It used to be when a man and a woman stood at an altar and they took an oath, they took vows, and those vows were supposed to be for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, until death do us part. Today it is, I will stay married to you as long as I love you. But the moment that I fall out of love with you, 
I'm going to have to trade you in for a newer model. This young couple was, was walking through the park one day, and they were holding hands, and they were walking down the trail of the park, and there was a bench up above, uh, ahead of them, and there was an older couple sitting there that had been married like 50 or 60 years, and they stopped, and they were talking to this older couple, and they said, so how long have you been married? And they, they told them, oh, oh wow, well, we're, getting, we're getting married, we're engaged, and blah, 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 and we hope, we hope that... Uh, we can be like you all someday. What is a secret to your successful marriage? And the woman looked up at him and said, when it was broke, we didn't throw it away. We fixed it. Marriage is supposed to be a partnership all through life. You know that divorce was really not God's plan at all. It says that God said, I gave Moses an option for a bill of divorcement in the law because of the hardness of the hearts of Israel. But he said from the beginning, it was not so. It was supposed to be Adam and Eve all the days of their life. It's supposed to be Tracy and Amy all the days of their life. But see, what we're looking at today is people want to change these scriptures and they want to change all of this to fit how they want to live. That's not how it works. When I come into this, I am supposed to, I'm, I'm, obviously if I'm coming to church, there's something wrong in my life. Obviously if I'm coming to church, there's, I've got a problem here. If there's a situation in my life and I need help with it, that's why I'm showing up with, for God anyway. Because I can't fix it on my own. There'll be, there'll be situations and, situ and circumstances that will come into our lives that we cannot fix on our own. Whew. That's when your back's against the wall. And really, that's the best place to be. Because when your back's against the wall, you can't go any further. You've got to face it. You finally have to face it. Amy had that dream about our transition, and I kind of just put it to the side. I probably put it in some Tupperware, a Tupperware container, and I put it in the refrigerator and hoped it didn't get moldy for a while. You know? You know, you can tell what generation we're from because we, we went to Walmart and bought all those plastic things to store food in. And listen, we have a drawer from hell at our house. It's called the lid drawer. I don't know if anybody else has a lid drawer or not, but there is not one lid that fits anything in that cabinet up there for some reason. Huh? Yes, there is. I'm going to tell you, though. I'm gonna, this is for the record. If she goes to glory before I do, I'm cleaning out that lid drawer. We're starting all over. I said to her, don't, don't, let's don't buy any more of this this stuff from Walmart. Let's get, to, watch this, Tupperware. Let's get the Tupperware. Anybody a Tupperware Tupper person in here? Tupperware people? Tupperware, that's like the Cadillac. You got to, you know, my mom, she would always melt every lid from Tupperware on the stove for some reason. Dad couldn't figure out how in the world he got melted. Wanda, what happened here? I, she said, I don't know. But it just would melt. But what, I, what I'm saying is this, you know, there's situations that come into our lives that we can't handle. So I, I, we come into the kingdom of God, and we come into the church, and we're looking for help. And, and it, it doesn't help us to try to change the rules. It doesn't help us to try to change the scriptures at all. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's the King James. The New Living says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You see, when you come to the kingdom, there has to be a change. There is something that is supposed to change. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Listen, when I came into the kingdom, I didn't say the words that I used to say out there in here. Now, it took a while for that to work through my life, but I don't cuss near as much as I used to. Right? Hopefully you don't. Hopefully there are less pots and pans flying in the kitchen at your spouse now that you're in the kingdom than there were before you got in the kingdom. 
There's something that's supposed to happen. We came into the kingdom for a reason, and that was we didn't like how we were living. We didn't like the, the trash that we were living in. We didn't like the ditch that we were sleeping in. We didn't like the lifestyle that we had. We didn't like the marriage that was about ready to fall apart that we had going, and we wanted to change some things. And so then we come into the kingdom, and what happens is the devil tries to deceive us and say, well, you can still come into the kingdom, but you still can do this as well. No, 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 no. There's a total difference between the kingdom and the world. Amen. You can't change what you did before, but you can change what you do next. You cannot fix. Listen, you cannot fix the past. The past is the past is the past. You can't go back and fix it. You can, you know, if you have a criminal record, you can get that uh, taken care of, expunged. You know, $1,000 would do a lot for you. You find a lawyer and a thousand bucks and you can get lots of stuff taken care of. That's all right. But what I'm saying is you can't go back and fix what happened to you when you were eight years old. You can't go back and fix what happened when you were 20 years old. What I'm saying is don't get stuck on your past because there's a new life wanting to begin and grow in your life now. God wants to do things different now. And let me say this, if you come from a different church into here, God's given you a brand new opportunity to have a brand new journey and a brand new walk with him. Sister Sylvia, poor Sister Sylvia, she, my Lord, she went on that trip, you know, out there in Arizona, and by the time it was done, I think she went through Phoenix and Flagstaff, maybe with, you know, did a buy, fly by San Diego and L.A. Her flight got late and canceled, missed the flight, and oh my goodness. But Sister Sylvia was in that church 61 years, her and Brother Joe, you know? But when they came out and got the Holy Ghost and, and the Spirit of the Lord started moving in their lives, man, now Sister Sylvia, she always says this, Pastor, you saved our lives. And I'm like, don't say it like that, Sister Sylvia. I'm just here for what the Lord did. But you know what? God has given her a brand new life. God has given her a brand new touch. God has given her a brand new vision for her, for her children and her grandchildren and her life. So guess what? The next, the things that come now, that's what we're going to enjoy. That's what we're going to have fun with. Galatians 5.16 says it like this, New Living Translation. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. We are in a war. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm fighting. Look at him again and say, I'm fighting, but not with you. That's right. You're not fighting with your brother or sister. You're not fighting with your spouse. You're fighting the sinful nature in your, in your life that wants to keep coming up. That sinful nature that wants to keep you out of church. Now, I'll tell you this. If you get a touch of the Lord in your life, you get freedom in your life, you get deliverance in your life, and you miss church, that deliverance is going to start to slowly evaporate and disappear. We're going to take a drink on that one. Look at that elbow. Look how bad it is. Marty, you remember when I couldn't even take the lid off? Oh, now, it's powerful now. Now it snaps, crackles, and pops, all kinds of stuff. You've got to keep your deliverance. You've got to keep your, the Lord's flow and anointing in your life. Amen. You cannot. How many of you have ever kept oil, cooking oil? You keep it. If you keep it too long, what happens to it? Well, if you're not using it, what's it do? It gets stinky, rancid, right? Is, it, is the word rancid? All right, that gets rancid. The oil, because the oil is not made to set in one place. The oil is made to be moved and used. The Holy Ghost is not made to just come into your life and you don't do anything with it. It's made to be activated in your life so you can overcome that sinful nature that craves those sinful desires in your life. Verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desire that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly, everybody say constantly, they are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. I'm telling you, it's, it's tough living for God. It's much easier to go out there and just say, forget it. Yeah? Huh? I'm the only one that believes that. I'm glad you guys are so hardcore. I said, it's easier to go out there and just do whatever you want, be with whoever you want, Leave your wife, leave your husband, leave whoever, and just go out and be, just be wild and free. 
and watch every life in your whole sphere of influence get destroyed and, and, and crushed by the weight of the world. There's a war going on, and it's a constant fight, and you have to be constantly ready to fight those forces. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now, there's a, sir, there's a scripture for old brother so-and-so. When you're walking in the Holy Ghost, you're not under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy. There you go, Ginger. See it right up there. Outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Wow. Man, I don't know if that got a hold of anybody or not. I don't know if anybody, that should be, you know what that is? That's your for, former life. That's what you came out of when you got into church. That stuff was so nasty and so rotten, you didn't want anything else to do with it. Some of you had to crawl to an altar. Some of you had to just come in here on your hands and knees begging God, please forgive me and give me another shot. Some of you had to ask your spouse, please forgive me, let's try to work this marriage out. What am I saying today? What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm saying that you're here in the kingdom today because it stunk and was so bad on the outside that you didn't want anything else to do with it. And the devil, though, is rocking the church to sleep thinking it's much better there and nobody's going to hell and everybody can do exactly what they want and it's, everybody's going to be just fine. But the Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself. So we got to keep moving forward. You can't go back. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't go back. You can't go back. You can't do it. You can't go back. You can't go back. You, what are you going to do if you go back there? Number one, everybody that doubted when you left said, I knew you'd be back. Is this working? I've been, I've been doing some fishing. Not, not for catfish. I've been fishing for men. And I got them. They throw the hook on me. But then, then I'm in my old gospel ship, and I'm out there on the, the lake of life, and I, my old gospel ship will go by, and I'll see him, and I'll say, I say it with love. I was going to say, I'm telling you, it ain't going to work. It's just a matter of time. I said, I just about had you in the boat, and you was coming to church. Now you're not in church. Every time you miss church, you're missing the, you're, the filling station. You're missing the Holy Ghost filling station. <laughs> a friend of mine from Boston came here. He said, he stopped. He was, he stopped and he, he needed, he needed gas. And so he said, hey, where, where can I get some gas? And he stopped, was talking to a farmer. And he said, the filling station is right down the road here, about three miles. My buddy from Boston said, the what? He said, the filling station. Well, he heard he heard station and and gas station so he he said okay okay so he realized then that that is illinois for the gas station if you drive your car without ever going to the filling station you will run out of gas listen let's even go let's go green new deal okay if you drive your electric car past all those charging poles eventually the battery is going to die and you're going to be stuck along the road because that vehicle has to be recharged that gas car has to be refilled i remember my granddad saying tracy let me tell you something you can run out of gas and that won't be a problem but don't ever run out of oil 
Now, old Pappy didn't even know what he just said because I'll take that 55 years later and I'll say, let me tell you something. You might be able to run out of gas a little bit, but if you ever run out of Holy Ghost oil, your motor is done. You got to keep the oil flowing in your life. You got to keep the oil moving in your life. If you don't keep the oil moving in your life and the oil flowing in your life, I'm telling you, there's bad things are going to happen. Several years ago, sorry, Mitch, you got to do use you for an example. Mitch is getting ready to go to work. He's working night shift over at ADM in Effingham. Dear old dad says, I don't, you know, I don't, teenagers, do they think this? Why is my dad like he is? Why does he say the things he does? Because we're mean. We're dads and we're supposed, I know, I don't know why. Because, let me tell you why. This is what my dad always told me. Tracy, I'm only beating you because I love you. I ain't never seen love like that in my whole life. And then I told my kids that when I beat, when I whipped them. Somebody said, you whipped your kids? Lord, yeah. I'm going to tell you, I broke spoons, spatulas. <sighs> Amen. Yardsticks. But I'm going to tell you something that doesn't break very easy, and that's that old, I shouldn't even say it, DCFS is going to be on me. I won't say it, but I'll spell it, the B-E-L-T. When you come down the hall, snap, crackle, and pop on that baby, I'm telling you the fear of God's running through the house. They're scrambling to put extra pairs of underwear on, pajamas, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Little Marcus is shaking his head. Finally, when Dad really realizes that they've double, tripled, and multi-layered themselves, they say, okay, pull them down, bend over. Hallelujah. But I said to Mitchell this night, he's getting ready to go to work. <laughs> I said, have you checked the oil in this car lately? That old Thunderbird, Clark, that white one. I said, have you checked the oil in this car lately? Yep. I said, good, because you don't want to run out of oil. Let me tell you something. You don't ever want to run out of oil. You want to keep the oil flowing in your life. Amen? About 1045, I get a phone call. The car just made this loud popping noise over by the way station headed toward Effingham. Really? I said, is there anything coming up through the hood? No. But it ran out of oil. You cannot let your car run out of oil. You cannot let your walk with the Lord run out of oil. And the oil is the Holy Ghost. One of the most refreshing messages I heard the last year was right from this church this pulpit, when Sister Linda was preaching about the oil, you got to have oil in your lamp. If you don't have oil in your lamp, you're not going to make it to the marriage supper, the bridegroom supper. You see what I'm saying? We got to have oil in our lamp, lamps. And I'm telling you this right now. You got, if anyone, he said, if any, let me tell you again, as I've said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So now either today's easy believism is right and the scriptures are wrong or the scriptures are right and the easy believism is wrong. I would say and I'd venture to say that I know the God that we serve and I'm going to say that his word is forever settled in heaven and earth and it ain't changing. And if he says you don't want to be doing any of this because if you do this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Woo! That's hard, ain't it? That's real hard now. That's hardcore. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. There's going to be situations where you just want to kill somebody. You just want to kill somebody. And you know what? There will be times when you've done, been done wrong. All right? There will be times when you've been done wrong. And really, you have every right to take some type of action. I'm not saying go out and kill somebody. I'm just telling you that 
looking at the situation, you would be justified. But there's a thing called patience. And there's a thing called kindness. The King James calls patience long-suffering. You know? And what I like about this church is I like about this church is I feel like that we walk in pretty good unity together. I feel like that we're not very cliquish. I have people that come to church here, and then they go out and tell them, tell, tell about being here. And a lot of times what I hear is this, they're one of the most friendliest churches I've ever been to. Those, that church, when you come in there, you can just feel the, the presence of the Lord. I like that. That's what it's supposed to be. We, we got to have the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives. Goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Look, self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. You know what? My anger was nailed at the cross back when his spirit came in my life. Hallelujah. My jealousy is nailed to the cross. My temper is nailed to the cross. My cheating on my spouse has been nailed to the cross. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. My drunkenness has been nailed to the cross. My wild parties have been nailed to the cross. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. When it gets nailed to the cross, it's going to die because it ain't coming off of that cross, brother and sister. Oh, my. That's some good preaching, Trace. I know it. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you what, there's a mouse flying through the air. You ever see that joker flying through the air? Zing, zing. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I got to love you when you're not really too lovable. I got to have patience when you, when my patience has been, been worn very thin. I have, I'm getting ready to, getting ready to do the cards, boy. I have, I'm, I'm telling you, God is wanting to do changes in our lives because we didn't like it out there. That put us in here. We didn't like how we were living out there, so we got in the kingdom, and God is trying to work in our lives, amen, and do something in our lives. Yes. Now, So it's a new walk that we're doing. It's a new walk that we're doing. We're going to have to move this pulpit probably. Are they going to go up in front of it? What are they going to do, Austin? You didn't get the memo? I didn't either. None of us did. It's a new walk. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a new walk. It's new. Amen. I'll just move them. I can move this. Look at this. Look at this. No, I'm not coming to your house and helping you spring clean. Because I got my own junk to clean. Amen. I got my own stuff. Amen. Sister Marlene put those slickers on there. Now, oh, let me tell you about the man who was ran over by the train in 1898. They say his ghost goes walking down by the tracks every Thursday night. I don't know why Thursday nights, but that's the night he goes from 10 until midnight, walking down by the train. Oh, brothers and sisters, I wouldn't tell you to stay away from the train on Thursday nights from 10 to midnight because of the man walking down by the train. You know what his name was? Samuel Hill. Huh. You get this? Sam Hill? Now, you guys are laughing, Okay. But my great-grandfather's name was Sam Hill, and he got ran over by a train. She's not here to defend me. She would defend this truth. Anyway, it's a new walk. It's a new walk. You gotta, it's, we're different now. Amen? We're totally different now. Now, this, was, this scripture is so awesome. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Okay? Now, I have apartments. When I go, when that apartment needs updated, I remodel that apartment. Now, if it needs something structurally, 
I may have extra two before's or extra plywood. Actually, right now, that's kind of like gold. You know, two before's and plywood. You got to have them hid and locked up. But I might have extra stuff that I'll just come in and I will modify and remodel. But when God does something in our lives, He never remodels, He makes everything new. So when I left the world and I came in here, Brother Kevin, I became a new creature in Christ. I got a new walk. I got a new talk. I got a new way of thinking. I got a new way of, of rationalizing and saying, you know what? I'm going to do this the Lord's way now rather than my way. So God makes everything new. Amen. And what you're about to see here, brothers and sisters, is you're going to see lives that have been changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The power of the Lord. The power of the Lord in our lives. Hallelujah. Now, Jonathan, you tell them. Are they ready? All right. So you're going to see this. This is very, very powerful. This is going to be very, very powerful. All right. Do I need to sit down? Yep. All right. I will.
let's give the Lord some more praise. All these, look at these are miracles right here. These are miracles. Keep the music playing, Brother Clark. Play it loud. Let's just enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. Still standing, friend of God. By the grace of God, I was set free. Healed, full of faith, and restored. God's in charge. I'm still here. Secure. God filled that void. God made me brave. Now the generational curse is broken. Hallelujah. Found myself worth in Jesus. I was lost believing in false in a false belief. Now I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Not only that, he's called to preach the gospel. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Free and sober since 2011. Trusting in his in God and his promises. And marriage marriage is restored. Celebrating 20 years. 20 years this week. 20 years, Nathan and Catherine. Hey, I think that we ought to just give the Lord, let's just stand and give the Lord some praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you'd like prayer, and any of these testimonies fit you where you at, I want you to come up and stand in front of that person where that testimony is right now. Okay? If, if you want prayer, and any of these testimonies, these healings that God has done, if any of them is touching you, I want you to come and stand in front of that and face these people right now. If you, if you want prayer. If you don't want prayer, that's okay. Amen. I'm going to just give you a few seconds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to pray? Anybody else? Hallelujah. 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 Anybody else want to come pray? Now, what we're going to do is just what Nathan and Catherine are doing. We're going to pray for Sister Sarah right now. We're going to pray for Sister Brenda right now. Anybody else want to? Any of these hit you? Any of these ever, ever, ever hit you? Hallelujah. I thought of Kevin. 2011 was Kevin's year as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to come pray? All right. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you all just gather around us up here? Come on up. Everybody just come on up. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I need to clean out freedom, all the closets in my you. life. You're the you know the sins? Who makes you know what's been hidden. Yeah. Lord, you've seen yeah. Yeah. So, God, I just ask you now to let your blood flow over my life one more time. Forgive me my sins right now in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I believe you. You want to restore and renew your spirit right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Did you feel some things lift? Yeah. Why don't you just praise him right now? Oh, we love you, Jesus. I magnify you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 What a moment You have brought me to such a freedom, Lord I have found in you You're the healer Who makes all things new Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not going back I'm moving ahead I'm here to
Hallelujah. Come on, just get your touch right now. Get what you need from the Lord right now. Lots of testimonies and lots of answers we saw. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. God, you make all things new. You don't remodel, Lord. You make it all new. You don't remodel. You make it all new, God. New things in our lives, new, new touches. Lord, new ways, new ways of thinking, new ways of talking, new ways of walking, new ways, Lord, of doing things, a new way to love, a new way to forgive, a new way to march, a new way to let you work in our lives and establish your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. moving Oh, yes. I'm here to declare to you my past, my past is, is over. over. Well, brothers and sisters, your past is over. All things are made new. my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, come on, let it flow. I'm feeling the Lord is let it flow. Let it flow in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My word declares that you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I have placed my fire in each of you. That consuming fire, that purifying fire, that refiner's fire, the fire that has burned in your life to burn out all of the impurities and all of the iniquities in your life. That fire that has been placed in you to consume your selfishness, to, to, to consume the works of the flesh in your life. And then that refiner's fire that keeps refining you until I see my image when I look at you. Love the fire. Do not detest the fire. Do not hate the fire, but love the fire that I have placed in you. And let my fire consume you, and let my fire purify you. And let my fire spread in you to all rooms in your heart and life. Let my fire come and purify and make you mine. Love the fire, allow the fire, and encourage the fire to grow in your life. For I, the Lord, have begun a work in you that is good until that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord. Let's love the fire. Oh, Lord, thank you for the fire. 
Thank you for the fire, Lord. Thank you for the fire, God. That consuming fire. Lord, that purifying fire. That refiner's fire. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Help us, God. Let this word that we just heard, Lord, your word, let it sink in way heavy on our lives this week. This, all this week, Lord, let us talk to us about the fire in our lives. Talk to us about what you want to do with the fire in our lives in the name of Jesus. Talk to us, God, about the fire that you want to use to make your image appear before you. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, you know that gold, gold is a precious metal, and they heat it up. And when they heat it up, the impurities come out of the gold, and it comes to the top, and then they scrape off the impurities. Okay? And so then they keep heating it, and the hotter it gets, the more the impurities come out until it gets so pure that when the goldsmith looks into the gold, he sees his image. When he sees his image, it's pure. And that's what he's doing in our lives. He's heating us up. He's purifying us until he sees his image in our lives. And the gold in heaven, the street of gold in heaven is so pure, it's glass. It's transparent. And just think, they have potholes in heaven. They're not going to use pug. They're going to use gold. The road and the streets made with gold, pure as gold. Amen. Moving forward, brothers and sisters, let's move forward together. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Those cardboard testimonies were awesome. Great job, guys. Good job, Amber. Way to put it together and coordinate that. Thank you. Yes. Yes. We are going to put that on Facebook, aren't we? We're going to edit that and put it on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So, listen, guys, what we're doing this year, and I've already mentioned it, is we are using social media more because everybody's on social media. About 27 billion people in the world are on social media. And so we're recording, taking testimonies, and then we uh, target a specific area or like a radius of 50 or 60 miles around here. And then those ads, those interviews, those testimonies will go. So don't be afraid. We're trying to make some of you television personalities, stars. I don't want to have all the glory to myself, you know. So, all right. If you can do that now, see Amber, Wednesday night church, 7 o'clock. Amen. Keep up this fight. Keep marching. Greet each other. Good handshake. You don't have to do a holy kiss.